name's Sonia Rita, and this is Running on Optimism, the podcast for amateur runners or really anyone drawing inspiration from something or someone in their lives. This week, I have the absolute honor and privilege to share John Floresca's journey to recovery from a surfing injury. Almost two years ago, John, an avid runner and coach, was told that he would not likely regain function in his legs after suffering what is known as surfer's myelopathy. But don't ever tell John what he is or isn't capable of unless you want him to completely dismantle those ideas. And through all that he's been through, John continues to find joy in helping his friends, myself included, reach their running goals. Well, thank you, John, for taking the time out to chat. I'm really excited uh, to have this conversation with you, and I'm just going to let you open it up and lead the conversation. So, hi, my name is John Floresca, and I have been running since high school. And that actually got me to a place where... um, I realized that a lot of it is on my own, um, that I would able to bring myself and challenge myself. Uh, and if it got too hard, then just stop. And, and so, um, and you can always come back the next day. And uh, a little technique I used to do was um, wherever I felt like it was the hardest part, I would come back the next day or the following day and revisit that spot and, and visualize like, this is where you died. This is where it hurt. And if we can pass this one point, um, be it five feet or half a mile, um, I knew that there was progress. And uh, a lot of that, a lot of those uh, visualization techniques really helped um, because you would really like question yourself and doubt yourself through this whole process. Um, but when you visualize it and you give yourself a goal, either time or distance, um, and, and then you surpass that goal, then, then it's that positive outlook and, uh, you know, it gives you that little boost, um, it's funny how people say like, I'm very positive and um, I have this great light about me. And some people ask like, what, what are you doing and what are you taking? Um, and I just tell them that uh, I, I'm really humble and grateful for everything around me and that, um, when I see something positive or see something in my recover, recovery or in any type of progress, I, I kind of celebrate it. Uh, I love the small wins. Uh, I'm so happy for them. And uh, I don't take it for granted. Uh, there's a switch in me that says, let's keep going. Uh, let's keep going and no one's going to stop me except me. And it, it, it came down to that when I, uh, when I was running, I didn't have to be top three or number one. Um, when I run with people and when I coach people, I tell them it's, it's your race, run your race. Uh, You know, uh, when, when we do training runs, we do training runs during a race. And uh, when things go absolutely wrong, you know, yeah, it's like, uh, it's all part of it. You know, there's no perfect race. It's all part of it. Everything hurts. And, you know, people say no pain, no gain or run through the pain. And you don't necessarily have to do that. But what you have to do is learn and learn from it and know why it's happening to you. And then, and actually just, uh, actually just uh, experience it because when you experience it, then you know how to deal with it better. You could read everything about running and you could read all these, the tips that you want to do, but 
But when you're faced with that hill at the last mile, it's really going to be you uh, facing it. And, and, and then it's like, how bad do you want it? I'm sitting here thinking of like, it's this thing that, that I've talked a lot about um, running being a metaphor in a way for life. It's kind of like, how are you going to approach each injury? How are you going to approach each time you didn't make the goal that you had set for yourself? Are you just going to sit back and, you know, say, well, that sucks. I think, you know, I'm never going to make it. Or are you just going to push forward? And so, but you seem like you started running in, in high school and it seems like, um, did you already have this mindset to visualize where things went wrong? Is it somewhere, was that part of you before you started running? Um, it really came from just the hardships of growing up and knowing that running was my zen. Hmm. Running didn't have to be a fitness goal. Running was uh, a mind, a mindset, and uh, like a state of mind. Um, knowing that uh, you can get out there, you can explore, you can see things that you don't really see. It's your quiet time. It you know it was a it it really grounded me. Really kept me focused. Um, Running helped me find so many different joys. Um, you know, like when I was like run your own race. When I was in high school, we ran with kids that were so fast; they were super fast. And and uh, you know, I could have said it right there and said, "Hey, I'm not this fast," and I'm always the sixth man. You know, and this JV kid always wants my spot. <laughs> so it's like, how bad did I want it? And then, and then like, um, you know, you, you grow up and then I'm in my 20s and it's like, um, running wasn't popular then. And so it was like, why is this guy all by himself yeah. running? Uh, and then it was still the same mindset. And then, you know, then, um, and running got really popular and then mm -hmm. you know then people started asking me questions and you know and then i found a joy in that i found in a joy in giving people tips and showing them different types of perspectives of running running a race is really interesting because there's going to be people that are like your angels that that bring you up and and you're going to see a lot of people you know struggling and there's going to be points where you're going to struggle but then if you're in the bigger picture everyone has that one goal to finish and pass that finish line and you don't know what state anyone else is in but you know that everyone's putting in that work it's the most visual thing to see that everyone you know thousands of people are running next to you and they come from all sorts of backgrounds and running for all sorts of purposes but then, but then when you really think about it, it's all about you. Um, and how do I see that in my life is that, um, you know, uh, I got injured and uh, I use each day as a learning. Uh, and, you know, it was really interesting when you said like, you get injured and then you take a break and you kind of get into that stagnant moment and um i haven't really i haven't really felt that yet um but just recently i i was working two jobs and they overlapped each other and literally it was uh 50 hours in four days <laughs> and um i didn't do any pt mm -hmm. Uh, I only, I only did like uh, standing at home, small little exercise, but I was pretty much shot, uh, all the way till this Monday. Uh, and it was like couch city. Right. But then, um, you know, I was really thinking about it and I was like, oh man, I, I, I went into PT this past Tuesday in aqua therapy, uh, yesterday <clears throat> and 
what how I approached you know that situation was that it's like a tapering week you don't lose it all yeah when you taper your 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 mindset goes out of the woodwork it's like did I lose everything that I built for the last six months you know what is happening to my body um I need to do something and sometimes you need to rest right so tapering is is a whole another aspect of running and it's a whole another aspect of dealing with um resting and um it's really important so then you know I was like I'm I'm kind of interested to see so I switched it I'm like with my physical therapist I'm like I'm I need to see how my body will react. Now, if it if it doesn't, if I don't push out 110 percent in my in my workouts, you know, is that going to discourage me, or what if I come back stronger and um, maybe I am rested? And so when I did uh, the exercises, I kicked higher, mm -hmm. I went longer. I felt myself get tired. Um, I picked myself up again. It's an hour and a half session. And then I finished strong. And so same thing with aqua therapy. I was in the pool and we stood up really well. And, you know, and I felt strong. And, and but then at the end, treading water, I felt like I was going to drown. But then I, I, but I finished strong. Amazing. And I, uh, I'm tired now. I'm beat up now, and and I have a session later on today, and I'm just gonna give it my all, and then uh, find my time to rest. So it it's always it's always gonna be a challenge. It's always gonna be an obstacle. You're always gonna be challenged. You you can always put yourself in that mindset of this is it this is all I got and this is all I'm going to give or or you can say this is my moment this is my time this is my time to change something and this is my time to learn if it doesn't change and this is my time to learn and learning learning about yourself is change is a positive change you know um so I kind of take all of it take all of that together. I hear you talk about your recovery and taking time from PT and I am not Izzy. I'm not the one going through recovery, um, but I am her mama. And, <laughs> you know, I need to start applying those things that the, that grace that I try to allow myself in terms of my running and uh, moving forward, apply that grace to myself as a mom watching Isabel. Um, you know, some days she's not doing as much or I feel like she's plateaued and she's, she's doing the best she can and I'm doing the best I can. Um, yeah. so that really, that really resonated with me. And I think about, um, when our mutual friend told me about your accident back in, uh, in 2019, June of 2019, I remember because it was about, uh, two days after Izzy had her halo, um, put on her head yes and um and izzy sent you a video and she yes said, we're you know we're gonna we're gonna be in this together um i love it yeah and i just it it's it's incredible to hear your mindset and to see it in my own daughter and be like doubly inspired to to do better and to to chill out i guess it is it's it's yes i it is absolutely challenging there there we're human and there are hard there there are very very challenging days um you know i feel like you know there's an izzy inside me i feel like we share the same fighting spirit um because we go in I, we kind of just shred everything that's around us and then just go in there and just have a good time 
it might not look like a good time, yeah. but but the thing is, um, I feel like I share with Izzy that 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 we're we we keep going. The, the fact when I saw her walk and cross the finish line and that look in her eyes, it's like I have that look in my eyes. Um, I have that I have that look in my eyes when when I pedaled for the first time in March 11. When you know it was just like the room gets quiet, <laughs> your head is slightly down, you know, and and you give it your all and and you push forward and you know like all that image all that imagery of Izzy comes back um, and it's the same and you know maybe it's like it's kind of weird it's like yeah I have a bunch of years over Izzy. But but then that maybe that even kind of clouds things too, right? Because I'm constantly thinking of other stuff and I'm analyzing it as as crazy as possible. But but the primal the primal like instinct the fight is it's there and it's like it's on it's game on and it's like that's what I always see when I see Izzy and and her videos that that's exactly how it feels. I can honestly tell you that. Um, you know, and the chill out days, yeah, it has to, there has to be one, uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I, you know, I have to give myself time to rest. Resting is important. Um, but I'm just such a driving force that I just want more. Yeah. I always want more. I, um, my PT in the in aqua therapy told Tina that I don't tell her I'm tired mm -hmm. so she has to yank me out of the pool because I'm literally drowning <laughs> like I'm treading water for a minute and a half that's incredible and she's and she's asking me like are you okay and I'm like I'm fine and the water is <laughs> just rising up to my lips and she's like are you okay are you tired and I'm like I'm fine <laughs> and then it's like are you okay? And then like the water's already up to my eyes and she just, she just grabs my collar and just yanks me up. Yeah. And yeah. You know, there's that whole like moment of like, you just, you just don't want to give up. You just don't want to give up. And that's the, that's kind of the beauty of having therapists and people around you that they keep you grounded. Uh, and that's, so important so that's really important of you to be there with izzy to keep her grounded it's it's not like uh you're just a different perspective for her and that's so important because you know like if if i didn't have my friends i if i didn't have you then i'd be up in the clouds <laughs> yeah you know, it's and, um it's I mean, this whole process, right? It, um, I don't know, like from, I guess I, I put myself in, in Tina's shoes, right? Your wife. Yeah. Um, the, we're not the ones putting in that work, but the, the emotional work, that heart, um, that, that's the work that we're, we're putting in. Um, and we watch, I watch you and I watch Izzy and I'm sure Tina sees you and we see you guys push and push and defy what you were told at the beginning of your, of, of your injury. Um, I've mm -hmm. seen you push through what they thought you were able to do and um, basically tell insurance and, you know, any, any, professional who doubted you like f off i am improving so here i am going to continue my physical therapy so wh what was the the prognosis at first because you're killing it so, i see you on the bike and swimming and all of that and you're you're killing it you're doing i you. see you doing new stuff all the time yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so my prognosis june 21st 2019, uh, I get into a surfing accident. It's called surfer's myelopathy. My L1 
slipped over my L5 slipped over my S1 and it pinched my spinal cord, um, cutting off the blood supply to my legs. Uh, I remember it vividly and didn't know what was going on. Uh, I felt, I felt my legs go cold and my toes, um, twitching and then it stopped. And, um, so that happened on a Friday and neurologists and the doctors came in on Sunday and they told me I was complete paraplegic grade A. Now the grade A is a Asia test, a spinal cord test. And um, grade E is a normal functioning human being with full sensory and full uh, motor control, muscle control. And I was grade A, which was zero sensory, zero motor muscular control. And it was a complete paraplegic uh, diagnosis. So um, I go to Kessler Rehab in West Orange, New Jersey. Uh, I worked my butt off. I told them, I told the doctors, I looked forward to the challenges that are ahead of me, not knowing what was gonna come. Mm -hmm. And uh, every day something was happening to my body. I was getting buzzing feelings in my legs. Uh, I kept picturing myself walking. Uh, I kept picturing myself, my knees coming up and down. And, and I just kept willing the way to try to move them. And so July 7, um, July 27, when I was getting discharged from Kessler, um, they changed my diagnosis from incomplete paraplegic grade C. Oh. So I, I jumped, but then that's still, that is still only July. That's a month after. So their terms were that I, I just have a spinal shock. I was going through spinal shock and I was going through um, just my body trying to retain whatever it has. Mm -hmm. but, but then like, you know, every time I was in the therapy gym and every time I was with my therapist, I was asking for more. You know, they were making me do all these crazy movements on the mat. Um, I, I was yelling out, Cirque du Soleil doesn't have anything on me. Move over, <laughs> move over, steel. Cause I was balancing things and, and it was so hard. It was so hard. And I just kept wanting to push. And December, I get, uh, I get a letter from my insurance saying that uh, I am not progressing and that I've hit a plateau and they're gonna cut all my sessions out because I don't need them. Um, so that gave me motivation to fight more because it was like what I can do when I got that letter to when I was laying in bed in Hawaii was already totally different. And then uh, so many things that were going on, you know, just life around you and insurance and, and, and just trying to get reinserted into society that, you know, all of that was a challenge. And then COVID hit, yeah. that was another challenge. But, but I had plan A, plan B, plan C, plan B. And that's what running to me helped Something might go wrong, this is plan B. Something might go wrong, this is plan C. You know, it, it's never, I mean, even though you're running, you know, point A to point B, um, it's never a straight line. You, you know, you, there's so many things that, that happen. So, so running always prepared me like, it's never gonna be perfect. And so embrace the suck and, um, 
and then and enjoy the process right so make this the learning process so then everything started i started to learn more applying things that i've learned and i started doing home workouts and and then you know with covid shutting down i was doing more home workouts and no one was there to stop me and it did it safely and then when the clinic started to open up again they did an evaluation and they were like you did not gain any uh, you didn't you didn't lose any muscle mass and you gained strength wow so they were like what are you doing <laughs> and i said i'm doing everything you guys told me to do and more and, and then um you know, fast every month, something new. Then all of a sudden I could, my knee would move or I could swing my leg. Uh, you know, there was this whole thing like, you know, of, of all of 2020, like I, I always wanted to jump on a bike. All my friends are biking. And I said, I'll, I used to bike and I was like, man, I'll never bike ever again. And then, uh, you know, in March of 2021, I was like, I want to really, focus on quads. I feel like things are changing and I want to bike. And so March 11th was like my historic moment of getting put on a bike and, and then pedaling. And, and that pedaling was so hard. It was like, it took me 10 minutes to, you know, it was like yeah. one pedal was going up and then, and then they would reverse back. And, and then I was just, yelling at my legs and and then i was like hold on let me just let me breathe let me relax and, and let me focus and and then you know i i was really just focusing on different muscles muscle groups and and all of a sudden it went over once and it pedaled once and i was like this is it this is the feeling this is all i need and and then i just kept going and then i didn't stop for 15 minutes but you know that that moment reflecting back to that moment reminded me of my first run in philly where it was 30 degrees it was super cold i was retaining water and i had to go and pee and so i i, I went to the porta potty and when i when i came out and i stepped over this curb my legs locked up Oof. it just it they all cramped up it it felt like my knees exploded and blood was pouring down my shins <laughs> and somebody and somebody poured cement in my shorts and i was just like but then i i was like all right pull yourself back it's just you're cramping it's lactic it's like lactic acid overload right mm -hmm. so what do we have to do we have to circulate so we have to move right so just one step one step one step one step became a jog and then back into running so it's it was like okay one pedal all right one pedal like like hold on to that feeling and then and then just go so i mean I mean, now you look at me biking and it's like, I became that 1% of people who come out of the, come out of my injury. Um, you know, uh, the, the doctors were saying, uh, my level of uh, activity and um, movement, uh, it will stay the same you know, at the moment of injury and that 95, 95, 97% of the people who get injured with surface myelopathy don't come out of that injury. They stay where they are at that moment. And then the fact that, um, the fact that like things are starting to move and, uh, you know, they said like spinal cord injury people, everything below the injury. So for me, it's below my, um, below my belly button mm -hmm. and down, mm -hmm. uh, I, uh, you know, I'm not supposed to move my hips. I'm not supposed to move my hip flexors and I'm not supposed to sweat, but I'm sweating. Yeah. And, 
they're like, you're not supposed to sweat and you're not supposed to do these things. And I said, well, you know what? Re I'm rewriting the book right now. That's right. That's right. You know, and uh, I understand you guys are used to telling people what they can't do. And I'm here to show you what I can do. What you can do and maybe changing their mindset when they speak to other patients and other clients, it's not a matter of saying, oh, well, John can do this, so you can do this. No, because that, that also wouldn't be fair, but perhaps offering a little more hope because with hope comes this incredible superpower from within. Um, you know, because you, you helped us put together a video um, back in 2016, I think it was, or 2017. Wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For uh, for Izzy's Infantry, and we always called our gala um, Izzy's Infantry. Uh, for those who don't know, is our nonprofit, which we're on a break because of COVID. Um, but we help raise funds for childhood cancer research and to help um, children obtain mobility devices for to aid in their recovery from spinal cord injury. Um, but so John helped us put together a video for our gala and our gala, we always called it our rally around hope because we, we always wanted it to be uplifting and a rally is always kind of like fun, like a pep rally kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And we're coming around hope. And so it's been such a huge theme since Izzy was diagnosed. And I've said it before. I don't know if, I don't know if I was being willfully blind, but somewhere we just decided to cling to hope. And I think that that, when you have hope, you're gonna push, right? Because you yes. don't think that the you don't think that what you're doing is futile. You think that pushing and working harder is gonna get you somewhere. Yes, I totally agree. Um, you know, you know, looking back at it and thinking about where we were and being in that room and. Tina and I are talking and they first when they first diagnosed me, you know, with that news, I couldn't couldn't understand or wouldn't understand like how devastating this news was, right? I mean, me and Tina cried, but I didn't get a sense of like this is an end all. And everyone around that table when they were there talking to me had that grim look. Because I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean this is a complete par paraplegic diagnosis? And he's like, this is it. And I'm like, what? I was like, what? This is it? This is nothing. I was like, I was like, I told the doctor, I said, listen, I understand that there's insurance involved. I understand that there's a bit, you already guys, you guys already have a discharge date for me, right? But if you have this discharge date, let me play with every toy here. Let me try everything here. And then they said, well, you know, that really happens in outpatient. And I said, uh, I don't have time for outpatient. I have time for this now. Yeah. And what I know now will help me in the future. So instead of waiting for outpatient and all this stuff is here, get me into these things and they did they did because i was very ambitious and you know those are in my notes those are in my notes he's very ambitious and that i actually didn't really know how to take that because it's like are you telling me are you telling me that uh you know that i'm just i'm just being hopeful and you you know you know what's gonna happen and you know this guy is just being ambitious, but but I, I I told Tina this. I said, listen, let's let's keep on going, and then if we hit roadblocks, we'll just keep on going, and then if if nothing changes, then yeah, we'll prepare for me being in a life wheelchair. But all of this right now are just tools to get me by. And, you know, with injury, with injury and COVID, I was still able to do my job. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was still able to, to work in the film industry and, and still do my PT. So 
of course I'm going to be hopeful and and be positive because I know that like in me deep in me I knew I can do I can do this I know it was going to be challenging I, I there was a crossroad in January 2020 when I was asked uh, to become a mentor at Kessler uh, they they really liked the fact that I was pushing forward and going back to work and they were helping me out and and I went back to work and they were telling me that they need somebody like me to help out people who are injured. And, but I also was telling Tina that I, I've been working in the film industry for 18 years and I can't walk away from it. Mm-hmm. So, so there's this one day where I, I looked to my left and there's the spinal cord injury path of going to a place that caters to people in a wheelchair, you know, that's nice and safe and not challenging or a place on my right, which is the film industry that doesn't cater to people in a wheelchair or any disabilities. And it's gonna be an uphill battle. Yeah. And I was like, well, let's go back to the film industry because you know, everything that I know everything that I've learned, I, you know, it's, I can't, I can't let it not go to waste, but I know that I, I'm still relevant and I'm still, I can still help. Yeah. So why, why let it all go and switch careers? And, um, and now fast forward, I finished the full season of Saturday Night Live. (laughs) And I, you know, we wrapped last week and you know, everyone was saying it's great to have me back. And usually, usually, like, it's always the day after that I reflect on things. And I rarely say I'm proud of myself, but I was like, I can't believe I just did a full season, you know, through the challenges of COVID and through the challenges of recovery, I was still able to do it. And it's just, um, just being optimistic, hopeful, and that fight. Well, here's the thing too, and I say it often when uh, when I share Izzy's story or when Izzy shares. Um, sometimes, because of your outlook on life or who you are, the type of person you are, um, you end up becoming an example or a voice for those who don't have that in them. Um, for me, for the families who don't feel comfortable sharing, who don't feel comfortable being as open because that's okay. That's them. Um, I enjoy helping being a voice for that. And in some way, there are people in your position who aren't ready to be as open and, um, take these next challenges and and what you've done by being on the set of SNL in a wheelchair um, with whatever challenges you faced is in your own way made, built awareness of maybe some things that maybe need to change, right? Um, in sure. terms of inclusivity, um, but also shown people that you can choose to be more than your disability. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it if anything a lot of people have been saying that I, I have been a light a light of hope um there's just a glowing energy around me um and sometimes i think about uh like you really don't think about that um so so for me uh whenever someone says that to me, I kind of like try to reflect and say like, well, what am I doing to, to be that? Because I'm in it, right? It's so hard that when you're in it, you know, it's like being humble and, and grateful. You don't go, hey, look at me. I'm, mm-hmm. This is what I'm doing now. But, but then when you, when you do it, 
I feel like when people see you do things, they want to help out. When they see when they see you being positive, they want to help out. When they see you successful, they want to help out. They they applaud the fight, the dog fight in you. Uh, they want to be a part of it. Um, and you know, it's another interesting part of it is that you put in all this work, right? You, you fight, you go to therapy, you want your independence. And, and you know, uh, before injury, I was, my hands were in everything, right? I'm hands on yeah. and I was moving things, I was driving, I was, you know, like help out anywhere I can, right, physically. And then this injury happens and the other, and then now the challenge is like, well, now I can't lift that or I can't move that or I can't do this. And it, it really bums you out. It, it can really set you back. It, it can really hit you on your psyche. And it was a really uh, challenging thing to deal with asking for help. Hmm. And and then, or, and, and then people like helping you and you're like, well, it's all part of it, right? It's all part of recovery. It's all part of living. It's, you know, maybe you don't have to be the alpha all the time and, and maybe, and it's, it's okay to ask for help. You know, that was another thing too, was it was, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay that people are helping you. Um, it's, it's okay to look at look at challenging situations differently and figuring it out. And I think that's what it was. Uh, a lot of the stuff working in the film industry in a wheelchair was, you have to figure it out. Uh, running, you have to figure it out. If you don't have that energy to figure it out, it's just gonna get tougher. It's just gonna get tougher. And when you, I, I remember running the half marathon in Hopkins and people were like, I'm going to sign up. I signed up. No one else signed up. So I ran it on my own. So I was already really mad. Oh, I was really mad at a lot of people. I, um, I gave up the night before or the week before I stopped training. I ate really bad. I'm, talking like Philly cheesesteaks, like so many bad things, Reuben sandwiches. And like, and day of the race, pouring rain, the Garmin, my Garmin watch didn't work. A bug bit me in the back of the neck. Oh God. I mean, all these things were like, I mean, I remember it all because it was so bad. It was, it felt like the worst thing in the world. And um, I'm running. And I know my time, I know my pace, so I didn't really need my watch. I was watching the counters every, at every mile marker. And this one runner, she was like, do you mind if I run with you? And I was like, sure. And then she was like, this is my first race. I trained so hard, I don't know how fast I'm going. And I said, well, just, all right, how about this, stick with me? I kind of know that we're at a 10 minute mile pace. And, um, you know, we talked and we ran. And I, to me, I'm thinking this is the worst race in my entire life. And I didn't want to be here. And I hated every moment of it. Well, this girl next to me is like, she's so happy. <laughs> she is so happy she's running a 10-minute mile right now. She's the happiest person. And, and it, that race changed a lot for me. I was just like, okay, it's not about you. Yeah, you're having a bad day, but you're doing better than most people right now. And this lady's enjoying herself and, and she's enjoying your company. And, you know, like the last mile I was, I was done. I was like, now I'm feeling this Reuben sandwich in my throat. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> and, and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, ah, oh, no, but you know what? You're, you're doing such a great job. Keep 
on going and finished this last mile strong. And she took off and big grin on her face is so happy. And uh, yeah, I felt like I passed out on the side and woke up later on, but I, I finished, I saw her. And I mean, that was, and that was the beauty of a race. You know what I mean? It was just like, like running can put, you could be in so many different perspectives of it, but you know, like that, that was the one time of like running, running a race through someone else's goal. Yeah. Yeah. And being there again, um, it's your own race, but at the same time, it, it's it, back to that metaphor of life. It's, it's finished what you started, even if you puke up your Reuben. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With just a mile it's so, left. It's so true. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, so it's like, why not? Why not keep going? You know? There's, I told someone the other day, I was like, no one's going to stop me. Nobody's going to stop me except me. And I come in every day wanting to beat my other score wanting to beat my time wanting to go faster want to go longer want to make it more challenging i love that challenge you know it's um i i can't get enough of it and i know it's i know it's hard i i you know i walk in there going oh man this is going to be a this is going to be a day isn't it and then but with racing and with running, I thought about it where you put those miles in, you bank them, and no one can take those miles away from you. When, when I was training for the, my first marathon, and uh, it was going to be the longest miles that I've ever put down, that was 17 miles, right? So 17 miles. And I'm running, I run out of the water. I'm so exhausted. It's 16.2. And I see a bench and I sit down on it. And I never sit during a training run. But this bench was calling my name and I sat down. And I was so, so dehydrated. And I was like, oh, I could turn around, walk home. And you know, call it a day, tell everyone I ran 17 miles and be done with it. Or I could get up, lean forward, use my big head as momentum and take that one step. And, and then I realized like those numbers, those numbers go into your bank mm -hmm. and they can't take that away from you. And then you, and just tell somebody you ran 17 miles or telling somebody you just challenged yourself and you accomplished it. it. It was such a great feeling. And, you know, and it was like, um, you can do it. You can, you can do it. You well, know? Yeah. You know, that's a, you know, us and that's a big thing for, for both me and Marco is to set that example for, for is um, in life and in, rehab and recovery uh, for her, I want her to know that there are no limits on what we are capable of, regardless of um, our diagnoses, regardless of injury, um, whatever we've been through, our only limits are the ones that we impose on ourselves. And maybe yes. my marathon is not going to look like Marco's marathon. He's trying to be Q and that's not... Oh, wow. Yeah, that's not a goal for me. Um, but, and, and my times aren't going to look like his or my times aren't going to look like a lot of people's. And I'm not trying to compare myself to them. I'm trying to be the best me I can be and push myself yeah. beyond what I ever thought I can do. And I want, I want is to see that. And it translates again to, to everything. There's n your going beyond these limits that doctors put on you. And I find that, first of all, I find that kind of crazy. Um, the, the, 
not a lack of encouragement, but just hope. Again, a lack of hope. I guess they, they try to be realistic so they don't set up any expectations, right? That's the job of doctors, but we are, so. we are, we are a different, different breed of people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that was the thing, right? So um, I, asked, I asked for braces and to stand, right? They were like, well, a lot of people don't like braces because it takes forever and it's very strenuous and they get really tired with such short distances. And while he was talking about that, I was like, you don't know me for you to say that. I was getting up 3 a.m. to go running before a 14 hour day work. Nobody told me to get up to do that. Nobody told me to get up and yeah. run a marathon. Nobody tells me to get up and run eight miles. Nobody tells me any of that, but I, I do it because I, I love it. I do it because it's, it's all in my psyche. And I said, I told him, I was like, you'll see. I was like, you'll see what happens. Just get them. I was like, just get them. Uh, teach me how to walk five feet and I'll take it from there. And they finally gave me braces in October, uh, January, by January, I walked 825 feet in them. And I was like, I don't want to take any of these medicines. Uh, there was this one medicine called Lovenox and it was like, uh, a blood thinner medicine that I had to, um, shoot myself in the in the belly every afternoon. And it felt like fire ants going into your belly button. Yeah. It was the worst feeling. And I asked him, I was like, how do I get off of this thing? He said, you have to be ambulatory 150 feet a day or stand. And I was like, all right. And so I walked back and forth in my basement. It's 50 feet one way. And I would do it six to seven times on an average. And, and then he's like, so my doctor was like, okay, you're off of that. I'm like, thank you. You know, and I was like, I was like, um, I want this. I want these challenges. Don't, don't limit me. And now he knows, now he knows who I am and how I am. And he kind of really, um, just, checks in up on me and I show him my videos and he's like keep going yeah. you know he's like amazing just keep going thank god for social media because mm -hmm. when COVID hit um all these therapy gyms were helping out with what they know um you will find people that want to help you mm -hmm. will find people that that are interested in your recovery and want to help I mean my therapist said she she told me after two weeks of working with me, she goes, I'm going to program this workout for you to walk again. Mm. She's like, if I didn't believe in you, then I would have programmed you to be healthy in a wheelchair. But everything that I'm seeing from you, I'm programming for you to walk again. And that hit that hit pretty hard in a good way because I feel like with, with just life in general and, you know, being a POC and being in the film business, you're always got to prove yourself. And then now with this injury, I have to prove myself. And I'm, you know, you know, it's like, you know, that, that gives it that spiciness to the fight, Yeah. you know? It's not the whole thing, but it just gives it another spice to it. And then when you hear somebody go, I, I'm from this professional background. I believe that, I believe that you can do it. I believe that you can walk again. Instead of telling them I have to prove it to them, mm -hmm. it, meant, it meant a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It meant it's, so much. It's so true. And again, it goes back to hope, right? She, she's yeah. handing you hope in a, plan to walk um yeah. and i think you know you like you said you enjoy these challenges and 
I always feel like every day is an opportunity to do better and be better than the day before. Um, we're all going to falter. We're all going to make mistakes and life is not linear. Um, Absolutely. Like the, like the great Steven Tyler said of Aerosmith, life's a journey, not a destination. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it's so true. Um, it is. And I think, you know, that's, you got to love a good challenge or else you're stuck in stagnation or else you're just kind of coasting through life. And then, and then what, and then what would you have at the end a retirement fund? And I don't know, death. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny, but you know, it's, it's really interesting because what, so there's a, there's the end game, right? Everyone goes like, okay, what's your end game? I'm like, obviously to walk again, right? And, but then I'm not putting myself, I'm not putting pressure on myself that I need to, I need to walk by a certain time, mm-hmm. right? And, and then I don't give myself that pressure, like, you know, why am I not doing this? Because I know I'm putting in the work. So, so then it's, it's not about, all right, by in two years, I'm going to walk or like in four years, I'm going to walk. It's, it's like, okay, every day I'm going to put, put in this work. And, and it's really interesting because, you know, like my friends at the therapy gym are like, oh, you know, they're like, we, we're, we're hitting a plateau. And I was like, are you, are you hitting a plateau or are you getting tired? I, you know, when I think about running and training, uh, when I was training for the New York city marathon, mm-hmm. uh, I started in April for that November race. Ask me in June, July, if I can do a marathon and I'd tell you, no, I would say, no, I'm not ready. Uh, I'm trying. And I have a running plan and I'm running so-and-so these times a week with hill workouts and sprint workouts. But then ask me in September, in October, if I could run a marathon. And I'll tell you, hell yeah, I can. I totally can. Yeah. I've, I've, I can see my peak. I know where my peak is. And I, I have that date. Now with injury and recovery, it's like my end game, it's run your own race, right? Mm-hmm. My end game is to walk. How I get there, I don't know how long it's gonna take me, but if I put in that work and I'm, and I'm consistent enough to put in that work and go in and give it to my all consistently, then I know I'll get somewhere. I know that if I put the time in, progress will happen no matter what. And it's because I just, I find joy in sharing with people. I find joy, you know, sharing things with people. I find joy in challenges. I find joy in working things out. I, I find joy when, when we, when I collaborate with somebody and we figure something out, I, it's, it's so beneficial and there's something rewarding, you know, that you're moving forward, but you're bringing everyone else up with you. Well, John, it has been really, I really appreciate you chatting with me and opening up to me. Um, I, I, I feel like, um, I, I don't know. On some level, like I said before, I see I see your recovery and I see Izzy and I see you guys just kind of um, that that same spirit, and it's something to to celebrate for sure. You celebrate those little wins, but I think that um, together it's that spirit to celebrate too of moving forward. Yes, absolutely. 
And as always, thank you for listening. I hope that you are finding inspiration in some of these stories uh, that I share here on Running on Optimism. I know that I walk away from each conversation feeling a little better, a little more inspired, and a little more ready to face any challenge that comes my way. If you like what you hear, let me know, leave me comments, send me an email, leave me messages on social media, on my Instagram or Facebook. If there's something else you want to hear, do the same thing. Uh, Reach out. I'm here. Thanks again, and I'll catch you next time on Running on Optimism.